Have a seat for a second if you would. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity for us to come together and worship you, Father. Lord, I thank you for this season, and I thank you for the familiar faces that we get to see this morning, Father. And I pray now that you would guide us this morning as we center around your love and your grace and your provision for us. Thank you for Jesus who provided all those things in his name. Amen. So good morning. Welcome. I hope you had a great Christmas. Um, This morning is going to be a little bit different for us, Um, not a typical service. We're going to be, each year, the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, we kind of want to look back and reflect. And there's a verse that we like to use around here. Ephesians 1, 6 tells us that we are to the praise of his glorious grace. Um, And it's really cool that we sing that song. Um, uh, When you get home this week, at some point, uh, Google search, YouTube search, um, the story behind that song, Oh How He Loves. Um, it's a, it's a really cool story and it is to the praise of His glorious grace. Um, that verse is Ephesians 1 6. And the book of Ephesians is a book written by Paul to a church in a city called Ephesus to the Ephesian people. And the idea behind the book is to teach them how to be a church. So like, Chapters 4, 5, and 6 are very practical things about how to be married, um, how to raise a family, how to live with one another, and, and not just in a family, but also in a church. And it, it draws the comparisons between a church and a family and all those things. That's 4, 5, and 6. But the biggest part of Ephesians is chapters 1 and 2. Chapter 2 is really the gospel. And then chapter 1 is what we have in Christ. And Ephesians 1, 6 is part of that, teaching us what we have in Christ. And all of Ephesians 1 is, is showing us that we were, we were adopted as sons, we were predestined to, to be with him, and, and God created all these things, gave us all these blessings and all these spiritual gifts. But right in the middle of that is Ephesians 1, 6, and it says that we, you and I, the people that we interact with, the people that we do life with, are to the praise of his glorious grace. And what that really just means is we are all just white, giant walking billboards of the grace of God. And I want you to, as, as you hear testimonies this morning, and as you reflect upon that, I want my hope and my prayer is that that would begin hearing other people's stories, would begin to have us introspectively looking into who we are and what's going on in our lives and what ways we are this billboard for the grace of God. Because whether you know it or not, whether you've laid hold of it or not, and understood you, God, God's grace has impacted you. God's grace has done something in you this year. And as you hear these stories, begin to reflect upon that because the grace of God, the plan of God, the preordained plan of God was that people would see his grace on display like a billboard in your life. And so this morning can be like... It, it, it can be one of two things. It can be, yeah, wasn't that a sweet story that Al told? Or wasn't that a great story that Amanda told? Or wasn't that a great story that somebody told? But the, the second part of that can be, wow, that same thing that's going on in Al's life is going on in my own heart or a little bit differently. And we can begin to understand that our lives, the, the purpose of grace is twofold. One is to, to give us God, but the other thing is that it can be on display, and other people's attention and minds can be brought towards the grace of God. So this morning, don't just stay on the surface. 
Allow these stories to penetrate who you are and what's going on in your life. And understand that our lives are to the praise of his glorious grace. Let's continue in worship this morning. Well, thank you. Uh, like you said, my name is uh, Al Fuller. Uh, my mom calls me Alan. It took her a long time to get over people calling me Al. She said, that's not your name. I have a missionary friend um, in, uh, in Monterey, Mexico, and he always used to say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And um, <clears throat> back it up, in 2013, it was becoming pretty evident to uh, myself and my wife um, that uh, it was time to start to transition out of uh, 15 plus years of ministry. And um, it's a, that's a scary thing when you say it out loud. <laughs> uh, 15 years of relationships, 15 years of, of routines, good and bad, uh, 15 years of, of, of working with youth and um, seeing, uh, seeing the benefits of that, uh, but also bearing some of the difficulties of, uh, of full-time ministry. And... Um, we started to kind of formulate a plan, and I don't know about you, but um, uh, I like to look uh, down the road and look at the, the end, um, and I sometimes forget about what's around me. Uh, I was thinking this morning, um, B.C., before kids, before children, <laughs> that would be B.K., uh, um, my wife and I uh, went to our one and only time of mountain biking uh, at Breckenridge, Colorado. And for me, it was an absolute blast. Um, for her, there's a reason why it was the only time that we went mountain biking. And for me, it was all about tearing down the mountain and then that little voice that says, you should probably wait for your wife. Uh, and I'd stop, and about 20 minutes later, you'd see this little figure coming down, sometimes walking her bike, <laughs> Sometimes tears, <laughs> but um, and then I would just do the same thing, and and of course I I was younger then I was I was foolish, but I was thinking about that how, I mean I, for her it, I'm sure it was looking down at this little figure that this person who said to love and honor and respect and all these things, and at least he's waiting, um, but to see that the, uh, off in the distance. And 15 years of ministry, a lot of it was about looking forward, 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 and missing out on some of the day-to-day. So as of September, I stepped out of that. And uh, again, a scary thing, um, an exciting thing. Um, But in in these last few months, God has really revealed to me um, a lot of the routines that I was in. A lot of the routines where I was so focused on the end game, that I missed the blessing that God was showing to me right then and there. The blessing of my family. Uh, the blessing of friends that would come along and encourage me. And yeah, I knew what they were doing, but never really fully grasped it. The big picture. Uh, never really understanding just the people that were there with just each step. I was so focused on that. We laid a plan of well, maybe, you know, go back to school and uh, get, a, get a teaching certificate. And in order to do that, my wife had to go back. She's a teacher, go back and, and teach. 
And so we had this great plan. Of course you're going to get hired. Of course you're, you're, somebody's going to hire you. Who wouldn't hire you? You know, I'm her biggest fan. And um, it turned out she got one interview, and that was just out of a nicety of our own principal that my kids, the school that they go to. And so we are just, what now? What now, Lord? What now? And um, we continue to see him provide for us as a family. She, she moved into a full-time position halfway through the semester. And um, we're experiencing more of the day-to-day. In 15 years of ministry, times can get sometimes dry spiritually. You're still going through the motions. You're still doing it. And sometimes duty is all you got. And I'm not going to say it's completely wrong, but sometimes it's all you got. And there's a lot of times in 15 years where my spiritual life was, it was duty. It was what I do. And over the last few months, it's really caused me to have to focus on today, Lord, today, this next step, today, walking in today, and what do you have in store for me today? The good, the bad, the things that I I don't even have a clue are going to happen. Lord, help me, you know, be thankful and grateful for those things. I was reminded in Psalm 40, um, which is also it's not just a Bible verse. It's an old school U2 song, too, for those of you that, that, uh, that like it. But it says, I waited the, the, the psalmist, and in no way I'm putting my situation at the psalmist, because I know this was dire needs here. This was life and death. But waiting patiently for the Lord, he inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. And right now, that's the season that my wife and I are in. Scary, yes, we covet your prayers. You know, what, what, is, what, is, what does life look like in the next month? What does it look like? Um, but reminding that, that God is, 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 is right here. He's not just cheering us on, you know, when we get to the end of the road, but he's, he's, he's right next to us. And cheering, coaching, admonishing, all those things every step of the way. And uh, just want to encourage you with that. And also I want to thank you as well because... Stepping out of 15 years of ministry and, and, and kind of being cut loose, <laughs> um, you know, and realizing, okay, where do we worship? <laughs> uh, we want to be in our community. We're North County through and through. Um, some ways good, some ways bad. But uh, we want to be in our community, and, and uh, we want Bible-centered, and we want Christ to be taught to our kids and preached and Wow, the number of churches dwindle quickly when you start to put those in. Uh, just we want to thank this church for really being an oasis to us uh, in a time that is difficult. So thank you, and we do covet your prayers, and uh, look forward to 2014. Um, so most of you probably don't know, and I'll spill the beans, but um, Al was my youth pastor growing up. So if you want to know about my growing up years, you can talk to him. He's got a lot of stories on me. Um, 
But uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord does with you guys and, and your faithfulness to him and more so his faithfulness to you. Um, if you have a Bible, you want to look at Psalm 37. Um, this morning we're celebrating the faithfulness of God. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to help give some context um, to, to what we're doing um, this morning. And then I'm going to get out of the way and, and let God speak through some other folks. Um, so this morning we're celebrating the faithfulness of God. And th- there's one individual in the scriptures that saw the faithfulness of God in profound ways. Um, and I want to look at the psalmist David in one verse. Here's what he said. Psalm 37, 25. It says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Okay, so get this picture in your mind. Here's King David who's, who's at the point of his life where he's an older man. And he's looking back on his life and he's seeing, okay, there was a point when I was young and now I'm at the point where I'm old. So he's, he's looking back on his life and he's picturing everything that's gone on in his life and he comes to this realization, God's been faithful. Not once have I seen God forsake his own. More than that, God's always provided. I've never seen God's children begging for bread in in this sense. God gives you what you need. Not what you think you need, what he knows that you need. He provides for you. Now, let's take a second and let's run real quick through some things that have gone on in David's life. Okay, because there were immense joys. We could think about some of the joys in his life. Like, okay, this Nobody, kid, who's taking care of the sheep, who has older brothers, becomes the king at the age of 16. He becomes the ruler. His brothers are pushed aside, and he becomes king. Like, that's, God's good. God's faithful, right? David, in the most unlikely battle ever, kills Goliath. What? God's faithful. Looking back, you know, God's faithful. The most renowned friendship in all of the Bible between David and his buddy Jonathan. Man, God, you're faithful. You've given me such a friend. The vast armies that surrounded King David and the victories that he won are incredible. And he's sitting there thinking, God, you're faithful. But, let's think about this for a second. There were immense pains in his life. Because when we think about the faithfulness of God, what do we do? Maybe not always, but we have a tendency to think about those things we just listed, right? Okay, but David, think about the fire he was under. As this 16-year-old leader, the difficulty he endured... To be who God called him to be as this young kid. God, where are you at in this? His predecessor, King Saul, for several years sought to kill him. And David was on the run for his life. God, where are you at in this? His sin led him to commit adultery with a woman. 
and kill a man. God, where are you at? He saw his seven-year-old child die. The child he saw birthed died seven days later. Two of his wives, picture this, guys. Two of his wives in battle were taken captive. Can you picture that? They were taken captive, and he had to go after them. There'd be a few things that's frightening in my life is someone kidnapping my wife. God, what are you doing? Where are you like this is my girl? Taken captive. His son, Amnon, passionately pursued his daughter, Tamar, raped her. Not long after that, Absalom, Amnon's brother, Tamar's brother, kills Amnon. You're going to treat my sister that way? Kills him. you at now listen david here i was young now i'm old it's like this is this this trajectory this chronological position in his life where he's looking back and he's thinking on all of these situations and you know what his conclusion is god's faithful i've not seen the righteous forsaken god is faithful and the pain far outweighed the joys in his life as we typically would call them. And I, and I would venture to guess that, that probably the majority of us on some level can identify with David. Where we can look at our life. We can look back at this past year and we can think about immense joys. We can think about immense difficulties. And here's the question though. Because we, we see these things. And maybe as you think about your life, you, you think about maybe this past year and you think about, man, God was faithful there, but I don't know about there. And here's the thing we learned from David. Circumstances don't dictate faithfulness when it comes to God. God is faithful. Always. And so the question is, is do you have eyes to see it? Or not? Because God is faithful. He has been. He always will be. And that's the testimony of David. I've never been forsaken. God's always been there. And I believe that this aspect of the Christian life should encompass this immense reality of like, you ever have these like deep breath moments like, God, I I just don't know how this is going to go. Maybe you're in one now. Listen, that's the Christian life. In those deep breath moments where all we do is cling to a faithful God. And you think about that, you think back about that. Maybe times this past year where you got yourself in a mess. My daughter loves to climb trees. She's really good at going up. She's horrible at coming down. Even yesterday, she's with her friend, lives across the street. She climbs a tree in like three different situations. I'm in the house and I hear through the walls of the house my name being screamed. And what do I do? Like I do every single time, like a faithful father, I go and I get her. I'm like, babe, don't climb the tree if you're going to get stuck. But what does she do? She, it's fun. She gets herself in that position. Okay, man, how, how often is that? Maybe 
this year, this past year, man, just going out on your own. Faithful God coming to your rescue. Faithful God redeeming you out of your own sinful decisions. Your own abandonment of him. He doesn't abandon you. How incredible is that? Because we have a faithful God. And as we sit here, I love what Al said. As we sit here, the tendency, even in this moment, as we look back. In a second, I'm not talking about looking forward. Like, what about what God's doing here and now? Don't miss the reality of, man, you know, maybe you're a reflector. Maybe you're futuristic. What about God today? The presence of God today. And my hope and my prayer for you, for me, for our church, for our life is this. That as you think about what's coming, what you're about to walk into, maybe it's this afternoon, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's later this year, that there should be some level of, God, you better be in this. Like, do you hear that? We don't live that way, do we? We plan our steps. Yes, but do we allow the Lord to direct the path? And as we live in the reality of a faithful God, and as we celebrate the faithfulness of God, that we've seen him be faithful, how is it that you're seeking to walk forward as God leads you in a position of this demands God's faithfulness? Demands it. God, if you don't show up in the days ahead, it's going to be a problem. Or do you have plans to just be comfortable? Because God's faithful. Amen? He will always be. Will you see it? Will you look back and will you see it? We're going to have some more people come up here and they're going to, they're going to speak to the faithfulness of God. Their eyes have been opened. And here's where I've seen God be faithful. I've seen the faithfulness of God because they've had eyes to see the faithfulness of God. Some in the good and some in the bad. And, but they have eyes to see it. And so that's, that's our challenge this morning as we celebrate the faithfulness of God. Will we see him for who he is? Not for what we want him to be. But who he is. And more so what we need him to be because he's faithful, because he's good. And we're called to live a life that demands his faithfulness. Let's pray and continue in seeing and hearing stories of, of what God's done and what God's doing. I want to give you a second as we, before I pray, just to engage with the Lord. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. And I pray this morning that, we, that it would be high and lifted up. That you would be seen as glorious and magnificent. That you would give us eyes to see your faithfulness. That you do not forsake your own. And may we have a testimony like David's. That the longer we live our lives... The further away from young we get, the closer to old that we get, that our testimony would be even faithful. 
Thank you that we don't define your faithfulness. But would you allow us to surrender to it and have eyes to see it as we celebrate it today, as we seek to live in it tomorrow. That we love you and we celebrate you. Would you speak to us and allow us to do that in Christ's name. Some of you may know that I have had a pride issue forever. And I say it pride because there's all that I in the middle. And that has really popped out, especially um, twice this year. Um, and when, when I come out, my eyes come off of God, of course, because they're on me, because at that point I am important. God's over there, and I've told some of you that, you know, I'm not, I'm not having a daily quiet time. I'm not doing this. But God and I are good. We're like this. You know, he's over here. He's, he's here when, when I need him. And that's also the um, time that I go into the Israelite curve. You know, when things are good, hey, I got, I got this one. I got this one. Then when, when things start to happen and I get down the valley, God, where are you? And then I realize, because God speaks, to, he does speak to me in a still, quiet voice. I've been here the whole time. You're the one that has run for me. I've been here, just like the songs that we've been singing. He's faithful. He's always there if I, <laughs> if I need him or not. Um, he's always there, and he calls me back to him. Another time that um, my pride came out this year, um, when I was focused on me, I could not see anybody else around me. I wanted to know why people were not contacting me, uh, why people are being friends by, by um, convenience for them when it's convenient for them to be my friend, you know, when they need something. And God told me both times on this, I'm always here. I'm, I'm your friend all the time. But you know what? You do that to me as well. I'm your friend by convenience. You know, I go to God when I need something. Otherwise, yeah, he's just here. But I have, I have to think back to, you know, the, I will never leave you or forsake you. And it's becoming more important to me the older that I get. Um, one of my mom's favorite songs, which was, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. God is so faithful, um, especially this year. Before, like two weeks before, no, a month before I moved to St. Louis, I realized that I didn't have a job. And I had only filled out one job application. And I was like, oh man, I better start praying. So, so I prayed, and, and that night God... Um, led me to that verse in Matthew that says, like, I feed the birds every day, and you're worth more than that, more than the birds, so why are you worried? Later that evening, I had this email about an open interview at Schnucks, the one job application I filled out. 
<laughs> so I went to that, and I got the job. <laughs> Crazy. God is so faithful. Um, life is challenging. I'm not like most people my age, most college students my age, like are still living off their parents' income. And I just sometimes I just wish I was that kid. Like I wish my parents would give me gas money and pay for me to live in a dorm. But honestly, I have no reason to be bitter because, like God, is the parent who gives me cash when I need it. Especially when my car breaks down, I've had to put so much money into my car. I don't have the income to um, maintain a car, but somehow, magically, by the grace of God, I always have the money to put into my car. I don't know. It's just ridiculous, because I don't deserve it. But I'm here, (laughs) and I'm blessed. And that's how God has been faithful. (laughs) So in the spring of 2013, I got presented this opportunity to go work somewhere new. My phone rang out of the blue, and it was someone wanting me to come work for them, which was a really cool feeling. It was really scary, too, because I had worked at Brickman for almost eight years, which is like 25% of my life. So for you that are good at math, you'll know how old I am. Um, so Steph and I talked about it, and we, we prayed about it, and we wanted to make this decision. Like uh, We wanted to make sure that God was in this, and it wasn't me making the decision. So we pray, and we, we feel like, yeah, he presented this to us. It's a really good opportunity. So I, I go to work for this new company. Day one comes around, and it's like culture shock. I mean, I went from working at a, corporate, a huge corporation to a really small business where there's not a code of conduct, there's not internet filters, there's not filters on anybody's mouths, and it's like, holy cow, what did I do? So it's like day two, and I'm calling Steph freaking out, like crying, like, I totally, I ruined our lives, it's over. <laughs> like, I can't stand this job. I totally made a mistake, and in the midst of it, I had totally lost sight that God was the one that led me to that job, and he was the one that provided that job for me. It was just 100% my flesh thinking, oh no, I freaked out, I made a mistake, I got to figure this out, I got to solve this problem myself now. No more submission, just me trying to figure this problem out. So what 2013 taught me was that I need to get out of the way and trust and listen to God when he leads me in a certain direction. So that was pretty much the sum of the story. You should check us out, rightawayloncare.com. It's a good place. <laughs> I mean, nine months later, it's been, it, was a great, it was a great move. It's been awesome for many reasons, but day three, I thought I was going to drive off the road. <laughs> Okay, so I think God has really been wrestling with my heart for the last 24 hours on what on earth is going on in my heart, my brain, and um, which has been the case for the last mm, two to three months of my life. <clears throat> so, um, but the one thing that has been constant in 2013 has been um, my inadequacy and God's all-sufficiency to deal with what life brings and, and just my wonderings from from the Lord and then him bringing me back to him. Um, there's been a few, I guess, big things in 2013 that just keep proving him to be sufficient. Um, one was through 
um, <clears throat> my dad died in April, and um, through that, he just uh, kind of took me by surprise at how all of that happened in my heart and the way that he just uh, comforted me and brought me through that with a much greater um, respect for who my dad was as a person and um, the way that he provided for my family through that time um, and just the way that we are now has been mm, just God's faithfulness. Um, so I'm a crier, sorry. <laughs> um, so um, through my dad's, um, my dad's death and just that uh, the 26 years that I fought with him or fought with God or fought with myself had just kind of come to an end. Um, and God uh, had an answer for that, and that's, that's his faithfulness. Um, <clears throat> the other part of that is I started 2013 off in um, a no-dating situation um, for a year. Uh, Sierra and I walked through that together. And um, just giving giving myself a break and giving God all the opportunity and more that I didn't know that he would probably take to um, just rid me of of myself and my flesh and my past. And um, God showed himself faithful through that too. Um, so that's what 2013 has meant for me. Um, so a lot of you guys know that Dave and I are getting ready to start um, well, we're about to, we, we just completed our foster care licensing. We just have a, a few more paperwork things to do. Um, but 2014 will be foster care. Um, and for those of you who don't know, we have two biological children currently. Um, and so this is just a really big step of faith. It, it doesn't seem hard because it's definitely like the Lord's grace has been in all of that, but um, it's very unknown. And so I just wanted to testify of this is what our 2013 was, was a lot of the paperwork, was a lot of the preparation, our hearts, um, our minds, preparing our kids, um, and preparing for what we don't, I mean, we don't even know what we're prepared, you know, being prepared for. Um, but just the little like glimpses where the Lord comes in and says like, I've got your back and it's going to be fine might may not be fun and it might not be like easy um but you're going to be fine um and one of the biggest um things was and I wanted to share this because it included some of you um is I guess it was like a month and a half ago um we had some plumbing issues major plumbing issues um Dave and Amy and I and the kids had no toilet for like a few days. We couldn't use any of the water. Like it was a major, no showers. Um, and so we had to get that fixed. And it happened to be at a month that like money was really tight and plumbing bills are not cheap. And so we just were like, you know what? I mean, we've, this is the way the Lord's like always shown his blessing is he's just always provided in that way. And so there wasn't a question of how he was going to provide, but like or if he was, it was going to be like how, and um, ended up being a weekend where um, got it. It was a Saturday. We got it fixed. We got the bill, and we came to church on Sunday. And Dave was handed a card from several of you that had given. It was basically a congratulations on finishing the foster care stuff, and it had a bunch of money in it. 
and it provided for the plumbing plus. And like the irony of it was that in the card it says, this is what, we want you to use this for the foster care stuff. And I knew that the Lord wanted to use that for the plumbing. And like I sat there and I was like, that's just really weird. And the Lord just like showered truth over and saying, Danielle, like me providing, like I'm, I want to provide right now in a very tangible way so that you are just reminded constantly, like in the future, emotionally, mentally, physically, like I, I am your provider. And so, and just to give you a taste of that, like we said zero to five or six or maybe even seven age bracket, up to two kids, special needs, physically, um, mentally, you know, we're very open. So that our life is going to look so different um, throughout this year. And so it's just been a really great like testimony of God for him to have done so much just to remind us, like, we're not freaking out, and our flesh should be freaking out right now. And it's just the spirit that's saying, like, it's, he's just calming us and saying, like, you don't, we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea, and there's no way you can prepare for it. Um, you could get a call in the middle of the night at any point. And he's just like, it's okay. And we are just getting to rest in that. And that's the beauty of the Lord is like his provision has already started of us just being able to be like, you've got us. And we're at peace and resting in that. And so um, it's beautiful. And thank you for all your prayers because you guys have been a part of this, the faith, of us getting to see the faithfulness of the Lord the past year. And we'll be continuing in that process together. So that's been um, how faithful the Lord's been this year. So first off, some of you do know who I am, um, but for those of you who don't, my name is Maya Mundy. I am very good friends with the Kuntz family, and so I'm a very proud Missourian, born and raised. I am on loan to Texas, um, call Houston home. And so going to college with the Kuntzes, they are a big part of my story when it comes to do with Jesus. I rededicated my life in college, and he has been faithful before and ever since, and I've been faithful since. And so this past year has been very, 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 very painful very painful. And so when David talks about King David's testimony of five minutes, which was beautifully well done, my friend, you see pain and you see suffering. And we know what the New Testament says about pain and suffering for Christians. But there's been a verse that has been the bedrock of this year, and I just want to share it. Um, it's Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians 4... Yeah, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. So to give a backstory, last fall, my best friend, her name's Elaine, um, we live in Houston together. In a two-month span, her 32-year-old sister had aggressive cancer all over and died. And I will never forget the phone call, I'll never forget where we were, and I'll never forget the eight weeks that followed. And so Elaine lost her sister last December. So this whole year has been about God seriously. And this year I've learned much of what it means to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And so the year has been very difficult. There's highs, there's lows. It was her only sibling. But one of the things that's been so beautiful is the extension of God's grace through his faithfulness. The reason why that verse has been the bedrock for the year is because I love as believers, we can be perplexed. We can go, God, we don't know. God, what is going on? But what we cannot do in the name of the Holy Spirit is be driven to despair. 
because of God's extension of faithfulness through grace, I have hope. She has had hope all year long. What's been so beautiful about that extension of faithfulness is Elaine did not grow up in a Christian home. Came to know the Lord later in high school and college. So we've seen her 70-plus-year-old dad come to know Jesus through this. We've seen her 60-something-year-old raised Catholic, very bitter mother, mother become less bitter and reach back out to the Lord. We've seen other family members, because of how she's responded to this, pain and suffering. And so it's been so beautiful to see the extension of grace and his faithfulness. And so as we go into 2014, yes, the loss is still there and the pain is still felt, but we're continually reminded because of his extension of grace through faithfulness, we can be perplexed, we can be crushed, but we will not be led to despair. And so I'm so thankful that I have hope, and as long as I have hope, there's no despair. Thank you. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for all that you've done um, in this past year. In the good and in the hard. Thank you for your presence this morning to help us have eyes to see you and your goodness. And I pray that in the coming days you would continue to open our eyes to the reality of your ever-enduring eternal faithfulness. And might we see you and know you more fully. As a result, we love you and we thank you for this time in Christ's name. Amen.